It's a tale of WrestleMania urban legends on this episode of Kicking Out of Two. I'm your host, Dave Rosenmuth, as we are in the home stretch of WrestleMania season. We're going to be bringing to you some, some, some woulda, coulda, shoulda, some what if scenarios. What if this? What if that? When it comes to these WrestleMania urban legends, stories of, of things that may or may not have transpired at these particular WrestleManias or leading up to these particular WrestleManias. This year in Kicking Out of Two, we're covering the years 1988, 1993, 1998, 2003, and 2008. And there's quite a few woulda, coulda, shouldas with some of those years when it comes to those particular WrestleManias. We're going to delve into all of that and uh, share with you our thoughts but before we do all that, allow me to introduce my co-host, uh, coming back for WrestleMania season, of course, like like all the, the, the big-time players do, um, a, a, a contributor to this podcast from time to time when his schedule allows it, my brother Justin. What's up, dude? Glad to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Who, who, who would I fit in the mold of uh, a WrestleMania season appearance person? I'm curious uh, to see. Um... Am I, Brock, am I Brock Lesnar? Am I The Undertaker? Or am I John Cena? Logan Paul? Like, I, Shawn Michaels? I don't know. Bad Bunny? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We might, we might have to... Yeah, think, think on that for yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we might have to, you know, think about that for, for a few minutes. Um, all right, so basically, format here is simple. Um, you're going to... I'm going to give you a, a topic from a particular WrestleMania, um, something that... that Almost, occur, almost occurred, excuse me, and we're going to just kind of expand on it and go from there. Cool. Um, so the first topic comes to us from 1988 WrestleMania IV. This one has been confirmed by um, multiple parties to have taken place. Um, it was at one point in time discussed... For the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase to leave WrestleMania 4 as the WWF champion. And one of the reasons behind why that match did not occur was due to the fact that the Honky Tonk Man, who at that time was the current reigning and defending Intercontinental Champion, had refused to drop the title and therefore... DiBiase was factored out of the main event plans as the champion, leaving that WrestleMania. Um, now, as we all know, that WrestleMania, DiBiase was in the main event against Randy Savage in the finals of the WWF Championship Tournament, which was the result of the the the, the twin referee screw job, the original mm-hmm. screw job, if you will. Um, I wouldn't say the original. No, the, not, not the original. Yeah, you're right. Because there was what Spider Lady, Spider Lady with Richter, with Moolah and Richter. Yeah, at least in the WWF world. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Um, forgot about that. That's one of the 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 less known uh, screw jobs in the in the world. Unless you're a diehard. Um, yeah. But anyhow, uh, the, the the tournament happened. DiBiase lost in the finals to Randy Savage. But now we're gonna play what if? Okay. Because. What if the WWF? What, all right. What if the Honky Tonk Man and the Honky Tonk Man's confirmed this on a shoot interview? DiBiase has mentioned it in interviews as well, and it wasn't really confirmed on something to wrestle with Bruce Prichard, but it was a it was a an idea that was discussed for DiBiase to leave that WrestleMania as the WWF champion. So, what if Honky did drop the title and DiBiase? Ended up winning the WWF Championship at that WrestleMania. In your mind, 
What do those pictures, what does that scenario look like to you? Who who becomes intercontinental? Who's Honky dropping the Intercontinental title to? And who's DiBiase defeating for the title at WrestleMania? And what does that look like moving forward after that WrestleMania? I know pretty prominent players seem to suggest that that's what would have happened, but I really just have a hard time believing it because the story, I feel like, played out perfectly. Mm-hmm. Even if you just took... WrestleMania for its one night. It's one match, or it's well, not one match. There was like 20 matches on that show because it yeah. was a tournament. But like the story of that night played out perfectly. The Macho Man Randy Savage was fucking launched into a stratosphere that no one had reached other than Hulk Hogan and Andre. Like yeah. he was the fucking man, you know? And again, I can't recall. I wasn't there. Um, but you weren't even born yet. Yeah. Actually, funny thing about that, I like to joke that that mom and dad celebrated. Macho Man Randy Savage's tournament <laughs> victory. This being in April of 1988, and then later in January of 1989, myself and our brother Zach came along. I like to make that joke. It's so a, you're it's a WrestleMania a, baby, is what you're uh, saying? Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Okay. Why, why wouldn't I be? Right? It's, it's preordained. That's hilarious. Um, but anyways, I have a hard time believing it because I think the story was so well done and played out. We've talked about this before. I think that story of what ended up being the mega powers exploding, it started in this story. This this story bleeds into that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is part of that story. You know yeah. what I mean? So it just, I find it very hard to believe. Okay. But again, guys who were there say that was the, the, the thing. But, you know, in the carny world of wrestling, what can you believe? Who knows? Yeah. So the other side of this coin, and I know I'm really doing a big giant circle here on this, um, and we talked about this before, is that, which would make sense to the story, like, I think you, you, I think you know where I'm going with this. In Bret Hart's book, it's mentioned several times, and again, a wrestler, a carny by nature person. His perspective. Um, his perspective. It is mentioned that the typical booking approach to the WWF during that period and through much of Bret Hart's career there was that if the WWF champion was a babyface. They would try to, as best they could, position a bad guy as the intercontinental Stronger champion. Stronger heel. Or vice versa. Yep. I know back then there wasn't a lot of heel champions, but if, you know, the Ted DiBiase was the champion, then yeah. they would have a babyface as the intercontinental champion. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they tried to do that as a way to provide that balance to, to kind of feed the pipeline back up to the top and back down and makes as someone who likes org charts and structure that makes sense yep. look at a depth chart that makes sense yeah um so it does that does kind of give credence to the idea that if honky wasn't going to drop the title then we can't have two heel champions after wrestlemania mm-hmm. at least coming out of wrestlemania now it also is funny to me that i can say it just, the the idea that maybe vince mcmahon got off the phone with honky tonk man and said damn it Honky's not dropping the title. We gotta, we gotta change our plans. To me, sounds funny. Yeah. Like this fucking hillbilly from Tennessee, <laughs> yeah, this right. Elvis impersonator, <laughs> this fat Elvis is holding up my biggest plans. Yeah, it's no, a little funny. Good, no, you make a good point. But what if? Okay, what if? If Honky Tonk Man is the Intercontinental Champion, or no, if if Dibiase is leaving and and the idea of Honky maybe not being the champion is now in play. I got two names that are in mind, and they're not 
they're not, you know, world beaters. I'm thinking it's either Warrior or it's Ricky Steamboat. You know what I mean? Okay. I think those are probably the two names. Okay. And again, you can probably provide better context because you've, you you probably have more intimate knowledge and experience in that time frame because you were, A, alive mm-hmm. when this happened, and I was not. Um, but I would imagine those two being names. The other name now that I think about it, I would bring in, and it's an easy name to think of, is Jake the Snake. Those would be like the three names wow. that I could put in there and say that like, okay, like maybe that guy would be the Intercontinental Champion okay. if Honky was dropping the title. Okay. Um, I mean, if DiBiase wins, that one is a, that one is like, that one's more hard for me to, to picture because WrestleManias were happy endings for, and are for the large part. In the, over the history of the event. So mm-hmm. to see DiBiase being that last image after WrestleMania is over, or even just him basically halting the momentum of the Macho Man necessarily, or the forces at play after trying to cheat his way to the title, to me just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So to really kind of book my way through that, I think DiBiase winning the title really just creates the Hogan chase at DiBiase. Um, but again, does DiBiase beat Hogan on the way there? You know, who, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know? And if he does, does he maybe cheat to beat him? Like, was he bracketed in the, to, to, in the, he, yeah, because didn't DiBiase get a bye because of the Hogan? DiBiase got a bye because of the Hogan Andre, um, finish. So, so Be- theoretically, they had a bye in the first round. So would, would have, DiBiase would have Hogan and Andre faced in the next round, the winner of that, who would have they I faced? believe it was DiBiase. That makes sense. Again, that, yeah. then DiBiase got the bye. So, DiBiase Hogan... DiBiase beat Duggan in the first round. Yeah. And then Hogan and Andre had a bye in the first round. And, that, you know, it's funny. So, so they, were, they were already in the second they round. They were already in the... Yeah, they, so they, had, DiBiase, they had the first round by automatically. Did DiBiase already wrest, so DiBiase, DiBiase was, already wrestled Duggan in the first round. Then who would he have wrestled in the second round? Because that would have been... Oh, you know what? So he, would have, he got a bye in the third round. He got a buy. You know, you're right. He got a buy in the third round, and I think that was because of, of the double countout or double DQ. The or double whatever. DQ. Yeah. yeah. So I think he he would have fought Hogan or Andre. Yeah, but I think uh, he got a second round. Who he was it? Mor- was it Morocco? I feel like he fought Don Morocco. Was it Morocco or was it Bigelow? Because there was there was big. I think Bigelow and One Man Gang. I'm gonna look this up. Savage um, beat One Man Gang. I remember. I remember that being a part of Savage. Yeah, match. that was like the, the the second round match. So Gang, I think, um, I think Gang had either beaten Bigelow or there was a there was a bot. I don't. Remember. So so I think that the, ultimately, while you looked that up, I think the idea is like would have would that have changed what happened to Hogan and Andre in the second round? Would have maybe Hogan won the match, and then Hogan and DiBiase collide, or would have. You know, does Andre win? Does the double does the double DQ still happen? Like so, one man really gang ch- defeated Bigelow. Okay, but that uh, was by a countout. Um, and DiBiase defeated Duggan in a first round match by a countout. So I think DiBiase would end up facing Morocco, who defeated Dino Bravo in round one. In round one, let me take a look. So that makes sense. Um. Yeah, he defeated Don Morocco and later on. The round night. three would have been Hogan Andre winner against DiBiase. Correct? 
I mean, yeah. I guess we won't know necessarily. Yeah, but also, too, something else I forgot about. Jake Roberts and Rick Root ended in a time limit draw in a first-round match, uh, which led to the one-man gang getting a bye in the quarterfinals to Savage. go straight to the semifinals where he fought Randy Savage. Okay. Yeah, so that complicates things, too. So there was, a, anyways, little, there was, a, there was a couple of d- different... Yeah, does, does all of that happen if they're scheduling DiBiase to win? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe to some degree it does, because I don't think you want... I don't think it would have been favorable for the reaction that they would be looking for in 1988 to see that the that the winner of the tournament runs the table four mm-hmm. matches and overcomes that adversity to win the title. So I think you would have gotten probably a DiBiase win where he fought less than four matches, mm-hmm. which was being set up that way that night yeah. when it ended up being him and Savage. So I think you get DiBiase probably winning... In the similar fashion that he did. Whether or not it's against Savage or not, not really sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the tournament would have probably given him some heat coming out. Whether it was in the fashion in which he won the belt. Or, again, well, he only had to wrestle two or three times. Rather yeah. than four. Um, and I think that would have set up perfectly for for Hogan and Savage. Um, this was also during the time... That they were trying to get as much of Hogan and Andre on pay per view as possible. Yeah, because Hogan and Andre was such a big draw the year prior at WrestleMania three that they realized they said, "Hey, we got to do another pay per view." SummerSlam. No, SummerSlam wasn't even that Summer wasn't. Sl- that, it was just Survivor Series. They did, they did Survivor Series in eighty seven. They had both guys headlining as you know their their opposing teams. Yeah, that, that five on. Then five the following concept. SummerSlam eighty eight is when. But you also got to go back to remember the Saturday night's main event yeah. with Hogan and Andre. They were trying they drew 35 million people. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a record to this day for a wrestling match. 35 million people watched Hogan That's, and Andre. I, I mean, Dennis I, and I recently did a watch along of that, and it was one of the. It was. It was just, it was fun to watch. It's a huge deal. It was, and it was a huge deal. It, took, it was like a fifteen point two Nielsen rating, I think. It's not, yeah, you're just not going to see numbers. You like You don't that. see numbers like that now, especially yeah. with the advent of streaming and, and, and different ways to, to cord cutting and all that. Yeah, stuff. It's, just, it's just it's just it's apples and oranges. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just it, uh, you know, but it's still a number to be proud of. You know, the mo- that's the most people that I've ever watched probably a wrestling match at one time, mm-hmm. as far as I can understand. So again, that was again the time that they were really trying to put Hogan and Andre on center stage in front of the most people, in front of the biggest events that they could. Like I said, WrestleMania 3, saw Survivor Series 97. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, a, I believe, a segment at the Royal Rumble event that was on TV live. I think they were like signing their contract. Yeah, the, the contract signing. Yep. I told, had- Dennis, I told Dennis this story. When I was, when, when I was a, a, a youngster... Mom and dad, I think, had like a parent-teacher conference for me or something. And so they sent, they sent me to Nana and Grandpa's. And it was in the middle of the week. And the Royal Rumble was this live special on TV. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, at that time, I would tape almost everything. So I was excited to see it. And because Hogan, I, I knew Hogan was going to be on because that was a period of time where if you wanted to see Hogan, you had to pay to see Hogan. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a very rare appearance he'd make on TV in a match, or you had to watch a Saturday night's main event or what have you. And Hogan gets humiliated by DiBiase and Andre in this contract signing, and then they skip right over to the, the Royal Rumble match. Mm-hmm. And I just remember mom and dad coming 
to Nana and Grandpa's, and it was like, all right, Dave, it's time to go. And I want—I didn't want to leave because wrestling was still on, even though Grandpa was taping it for me. But in my mind, I was expecting to see Hogan again to, to get his revenge on Andre. Sure, sure, yeah, of course. So that whole mentality of, as people like to joke around, Hogan must pose, that's what I was kind of... You were waiting for it. I was knew waiting. it was coming. I was waiting for it, it and yeah, it didn't yeah, happen. Yeah. So I, I was... I was upset like you wouldn't believe and i think in my mind now in hindsight i think that's what led to mom and dad letting me stay up to watch hogan and andre yeah which was on prime time on a friday night yeah at eight o'clock and that was i I do remember being able to stay up and watch that match i thought it was before saturday night's main event or was or no excuse me let me backtrack that and please correct me when i'm wrong um, I thought that those uh, those those shows were on before Saturday Night Live. No, so all right. or main event wasn't because I know main, main main event was different. Main event was more main event was in prime time. Okay, at like eight o'clock, the Saturday Night's main events used to be in place of Saturday uh, oh, Night Live in their time thank you. slot. That's right. Okay, so when Saturday Night Live was going to run air a rerun. WWF had yeah, that when, time when slot. When they were off-season. Yeah. Well, yeah, or I guess you could say when they were in off-season. Um, and actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was talking to Dennis about this on, on the, that watch-along that um, I had once listened to an episode of Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, and they were talking about... I think someone asked him a question why the marquee matches on those Saturday night's main event were either first or second, and Bruce called them TV main events. And so they put those matches on first or second because they knew that their audience was the largest young was 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 young kids. Oh, they it. weren't up till 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. So that's why a lot of those Saturday nights main events used to end with like a mid card match or a tag team match instead of the main event. So you saw Hogan and Savage and Warrior and all those big names go on first or second because. They tried to get that match out there so that the majority of their audience saw that match. Yeah. Because they figured most parents aren't going to let their kids, their seven, eight year old kids, stay up till one o'clock in the morning. It's also, from my experience <coughs> in the television world, the small experience that I have, it's the time, it's the, the beginning of the show, that first 15 minutes, that first quarter hour, that's when the most people are going to be watching yeah, the event. That too. If whether, especially on especially on over the air television, yep. where you probably were watching something else, mm-hmm. like uh, fucking Family Feud or, you know, the the, the six o'clock, seven o'clock news. Mm-hmm. You were watching something like that, that that overrun or that not that overrun, that carryover from that audience is gonna be watching what's next. They might have gotten the 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 teaser for it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of overlap in viewership that's going to pull a higher number in that first 15 minutes before maybe part of your audience says, oh, I don't want to watch this anymore. But anyways, yeah. it's also why you see Super Bowl commercials, those first few commercials, when they say the average Super Bowl commercial is $7 million, that's the average because guess what's most expensive? The ones that are going to be played in after the first commercial break. Yeah. I don't I couldn't tell you what that number is exactly, but... Everyone's fighting for that. It's fucking high real estate. Yeah. It's because the most people are going to be watching the game... At that time. Yeah, that's a good point. Same thing with basically, essentially, every single program on television. Yeah. The most... No one's waiting to the end to watch the show. Yeah. Of anything. Good point. You know what I mean? You're watching the beginning of it. Good point. Um, that's just a conditioned, you know, behavior that we all have as television viewers. Yeah. Um, anyways. Um, 
like we were saying, Hogan and Andre was on everywhere. They were doing, they were milking that that cow dry. Um, so I would have imagined if DiBiase was the champion coming out of WrestleMania, that you would have probably seen not too much different of what we saw. Anyways, maybe Hogan and Andre would have, or Hogan and Savage would have brought the mega powers together to fight off Billion Dollar Man and Andre. You would have probably seen a SummerSlam battle like we did. Um, but I think the, the the story wouldn't have really evolved into the, you know, lust for Li- Elizabeth idea. It may have probably evolved maybe into, well, I feel like, probably would have evolved into Hogan chasing DiBiase to WrestleMania Five. Okay. You know what I mean? I think there would have been a lot of credence <laughs> to that. You were going back to Trump Plaza. There's a little bit of um, aristocratic nature to the casinos, to Donald Trump. DiBiase being the champion, you know what I mean? And and Hogan is is fighting that. Not that Trump was going to be in the angle necessarily. Mm -hmm. But again, the setting was appropriate, would be appropriate for that. Um, Maybe that leads to Savage the following year at six? Possibly. Okay. Um, If you want to get froggy, maybe you get Savage and Warrior at WrestleMania five. if Hogan and DiBiase are going. Not that we're going to build out a whole card. But I think you're going to get... A chase of Hogan to DiBiase with players such as Savage and Andre being interwoven. And you know what? Now that I mention it, maybe not Savage Warrior, but Savage or Savage Andre yep. on that card would have been fucking huge. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the direction, the easiest path without getting, you know, too creative in this, okay. um, is that I think is what have probably would have happened. See, my 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 create my creativity when it comes to this scenario. Let me first by saying, if DiBiase were to have left WrestleMania four as the champion, and if Honky Tonk Man and you make great points about you know Hillbilly Bumpkin holding up Vince for you know the IC title, so it's got to totally change plans. I I get it. Um, if Honky were to say, yeah, you know, I'll drop the strap. Um, Actually, no, before I even get to that, Honky has said in multiple interviews, and, you know, this is him, you know, being a carny, but I think there is some truth to it. The fact that he was relied on to be a top draw on the live events because the company used to split time, you know, split the rosters. Yeah, yeah. So if Hogan was wrestling in Green Bay, Wisconsin against, let's say, Ted DiBiase, then Honky Tonk Man was headlining Chicago, Illinois against Randy Savage. Yeah. You know? Um, so Honky was looked at as a an important player to help them draw in, I wouldn't say the B towns, but the 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 non-Hogan towns. Yeah. Um, so I do think there is some credence to Honky not wanting to drop the title because of how well he's proven as a as a drawing commodity to them on the live event circuit. Yeah. Now, if there was anybody in that time frame that could take the title from him, we saw he wrestled Beefcake at that WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Beefcake was starting to gain some popularity. They were they were priming him up. They yeah they were they were they were looking to make him a staple of the the upper mid card. 
um, dance with the main event every once in a while. Or in what some or, people have said is replace Hulk Hogan. I mean, I don't know if he would replace. I mean, he was definitely going to be he was, he was definitely going to be a, a sidekick of Hogan. He was. Well, I mean, wasn't it said in a podcast that he was, or maybe said by him or said by somebody else that Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake, was going to was thought of as a potential Hogan replacement, maybe even by Hogan himself. During that period when Hogan left to go film No Holds Barred? I don't know. When, maybe okay. just in general. It could, it could be possible. I don't know if that's when it was. It could be possible. Could have been maybe later, I don't know, before yeah. he, like, he ruined his face in that yeah. accident. Or maybe. Whatever, but I don't know. Because I remember hearing that, I feel like, in a, in a Pritchard podcast, and like, of course Conrad was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, definitely, I, I definitely can see... I feel like I, it I was Hogan hand was hand the, the 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 innuendo was that Hogan hand picked, picked him, him to to be the to 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 you know be the guy after him. I could see Hogan hand picking him. I could see them. I could see Vince saying like, "Hey, pal, you're going to be off filming this movie. Um, when you get back, you're going to work with Savage. But in the meantime, um, who do you think should work with Savage while you're gone?" And I could see him saying, "Oh, let." Give it to Beefcake, you know? Yeah. Um, so Beefcake, I feel, could have been, at that time, a viable... Main event guy. ...option to, to dethrone Honky Tonk. Yeah. Now, Dennis thought, oh, well, that'd be easy. Ultimate Warrior. And then I... And when I, when I mentioned... When I, you know, was going back and forth with Dennis, I thought to myself... Okay, Honky drops the sh- or Honky refuses to drop the strap, and Dennis said that Honky dropping the strap to Warrior at SummerSlam in '88 was punishment for not dropping it for Vince's WrestleMania plans to get DiBiase the title. And I thought to myself, well, why would Vince wait six months to punish a guy? But then again, Vince also does business, and Vince knows that, or Vince knew back then, at least what we think he knew. Was that hockey was a proven commodity as a draw, so he needed hockey right. to, 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 to headline those B-towns, those, those non-Hogan towns, against the likes of Savage or whomever. Um, I mean, Savage so, was doing it before. So yeah, Savage before was doing it before when he was the heel Intercontinental Champion, yep. unless they would put him on the same show with Hogan. which I was, don't think they did. Sometimes they would. Well, I mean, it depends on the town, maybe. It depends, yeah. it depends on the, the town, and depends on if they... Because sometimes they would put Hogan on in the middle of the intermission in the first town so that he could be done and then get ready to work the second town as the main event. That's true, right? Because I remember you'd hear, like, Bret Hart or, like, Shawn Michaels when they were in the tag ranks telling us that, like... They, they main evented they the main Hogan event. towns. Yeah, Hogan... Yeah, exactly. Hogan worked the intermission against God knows who, and then they sold tickets for the rematch so the next time they came into town. Meanwhile, yeah. Hogan's driving 100 miles or taking a plane... To get to the next town yep. so that he can work the main event yep. with the other crew. It's fucking um, impressive. That's yeah. quite his fucking schedule. Yeah. That. I mean, and, 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 def- and to me personally, definitely a testament to the drawing power that Hulk Hogan had back then. People, Hell yeah. People want to shit on him, but guess what? You had enough money to fill two arenas in the same day in a 200, 300 mile radius because of him. Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. anyways, Beefcake, I think, would be a viable option. Um, at that time period in the fall, Honky and Savage were kind of on a little bit of a collision course. Hogan making the save for Savage, and, right. and that was what started the Mega Powers yep. in October of 87. So Savage, I think, could have been a viable option to regain the Intercontinental title. Steamboat's another guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Honky beat Steamboat 
to become the Intercontinental Champion. I didn't think of Jake Roberts, um, although they do have some history. I think it's something that, that they could have expanded upon. Um, and to Dennis's credit, Warrior was a viable option at that time, even though he wasn't as popular. Um, putting the title on him and defeating Hockey Talk Man before or maybe at that WrestleMania, at WrestleMania 4 could have expedited the process further of them building him up the way they did. Right. So, um, as far as DiBiase leaving that WrestleMania, I don't think... I lean more towards the idea that it wouldn't be in, in the in the form of a tournament. Um, so you're saying that like maybe him and Hogan in does, a, in, does Hogan get lose the belt still or does that does that whole crooked referee no, thing? No, DiBiase happen? wins the belt. All right, so in, in with my train of thought here, I'm, I try to expand my creativity while still tying in what took place in real time at that yeah, time. Yeah, right. So, right. so for instance. Hogan and Andre was a big draw, okay? And I think that match at main event would still see the result of Andre beating Hogan with the referee screwing him, but we don't see the twin aspect of the referee just yet. So Hebner makes the count after Hogan lifts the arm at one, but he still calls for it, and Andre is tries to gift DiBiase the championship. Right. What Jack Tunney should have done was reverse that decision and give the belt back to Hogan. And then that's where you could set up Hogan and DiBiase. Hogan challenging DiBiase. You want to you want this belt? You're not going to buy it from me. You have to beat me at WrestleMania for the title. And then that's where you could see the twin referee aspect where okay. The same referee is involved in that match. Okay? Hebner, whichever it was Dave or Earl. I think it was Earl that made the call, but then Dave came in at the end. I think the original referee was Dave. Well, they called him Dave on TV, but uh, Dave was the heavier one. Yeah. And Earl was the was the slimmer one that right. called the match. Okay. So who, who was the crooked one? Who was the crooked one? Correct. Right. So but I think I think chronologically, like that was the first time Earl Hebner was even around. Dave Hebner, I believe, was always the original Hebner referee. You might be right. I don't remember exactly. I know we all know Earl Hebner. Yeah, as, we all... You know, like, being who he... His history. And, yeah. But I'm pretty sure, like, that was the first time Earl Hebner was on WWF TV as a referee. Like, yeah. That's, sure you, Dave Hebner you, was You could be right. Anyway. I don't, anyways, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. remember. Um, but I think Hogan DiBiase straight up for the title in a singles match... Stemming from the controversial finish at Saturday night's main event when Andre tried to gift DiBiase the title. Tunney reverses the decision. Hogan's still the champion, but he takes it a step further and challenges DiBiase because DiBiase for months have been trying to buy the belt. Yeah. And it didn't work with Andre, so now DiBiase's got to work for it. Right, right, right. And the only way he's going to get that opportunity is if he wrestles Hogan straight up at WrestleMania. Right. If If they were to go a tournament route... With DiBiase and him winning. I feel like for the purpose of not boring the audience, you'd have to trim that field down from 16 to 8. DiBiase, Andre, Rick Rude, Savage, Hogan, Beefcake, Jake the Snake, maybe... Don Morocco. Don Morocco or One Man Gang or some Butch yeah, yeah, Reed, yeah. you know, something yeah. like that. 
Um, and then maybe at that WrestleMania, that's where Honky would drop the title to either, uh, you know, if he's not in the tournament, Savage or a Warrior or whomever. Um, I do think, though, that you can still get to the Mega Powers exploding at WrestleMania 5. I think the way you're going at this, definitely. You yeah. kind of push... You kind of push it back a little bit. Just slightly. DiBiase wins the title. They screw Hogan. WrestleMania ends with Savage running out to make the save for Hogan. As Hogan's being carried out. DiBiase wins the title. You have Savage chase DiBiase to SummerSlam. You announce, like you said earlier. the Everyone, they, they wanted Hogan and Andre as much as possible. To capitalize off the success of WrestleMania 3. So you advertise Hogan's return against Andre in a rematch. WrestleMania 5? Uh, no, at SummerSlam. Oh, SummerSlam. Okay. Hogan helps Savage win the title at SummerSlam. Gets his revenge on DiBiase. He beats Andre earlier in the night. Okay. Savage leaves SummerSlam as the champion. Similar situation. Hogan comes in, nails him with the chair. Hogan had already beaten Andre earlier in the night. Okay. They hoist Elizabeth up. You kind of get that subtle, you know, hand on the ass or yeah, thigh yeah. kind of thing. Then it gets you the Survivor Series. Hogan and Savage captain one team. Andre and DiBiase yeah, captain the other team. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That definitely. I you like could that. still expand on Hogan and Savage as the Mega Powers. They're a cohesive unit, but every once in a while, you kind of see. Those subtle nuances of Savage, sent, you know, seething or, yeah. or the, the jealousy factor that like we did that. see in 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 '88 going into '89. Yeah, you get to the Rumble, Hogan dumping out Savage like we saw in '89. Then eventually, it kind of plays out the way it plays out. It sounds like it, it pretty just, much plays yeah. out the way it plays out, except it just gets pushed back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. DiBiase has a run from from end of March to end of August as the champion. Losing the title to Savage. And then Savage and Hogan, Mega Powers, from the end of 88 going into 89. You eventually get to where, where we okay. got. Okay. I like that a lot. That's good. Savage, you know, you're, you're, you, set the, you set the table with DiBiase and Savage post-WrestleMania. Savage is the one chasing, chasing him for the title. Hogan's out. But Hogan comes back eventually. They advertise the big rematch for WrestleMania, Hogan and Andre, because Hogan never Hogan never got his revenge when yeah. Andre beat him when the referee pulled, you know, the arm up in 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 my scenario. So main event never happens. Main event happens. But you don't see the twin referee element of it. So where Hebner screws Hogan with the arm. But you don't see the other referee. Oh, right, yeah, I'm sorry. You said, there's, yeah. There's no twin element. Right, but yeah, and, and, and Tony gives him the belt back. Tony yeah. reverses the decision, yeah, yeah, Hogan yeah. gets the belt back. And then that's how you set up WrestleMania 5 with the two of them. Right, right, Okay. Um, now, here's what's interesting, and I mentioned this to Dennis, but... Why not have... Why not, hold on, why not have Andre just win the match? Or no, because no, Hogan's the champion at that point. Yeah. So, now... I'm thinking, like, trade wins to get a rubber match. But yeah, no, that, that can't happen if you're trying to get the belt on DiBiase. Now... Yeah. Here's what's funny about all this, right? So, and this is like, this is obviously in hindsight. This isn't something that like, you know, I thought of at, at, you know, five years old. But 
Andre and DiBiase orchestrate this screw job with these two twin referees to get the belt off of Hogan. Jack Tunney doesn't recognize DiBiase as the champion, but instead of awarding the title back to Hulk Hogan, he sets up a tournament for WrestleMania 4, gives Andre a buy in the match, a buy in the tournament to face Hogan, even though Andre helped screw Hogan. He allows DiBiase entry into the tournament. Yeah. And who was the referee in the finals of the WrestleMania 4 tournament? Hebner. Hebner. So here's actually a way you could have booked that to make it make more sense. You, you could have maybe required DiBiase to wrestle an extra match prior a to qualifying WrestleMania. match to get yeah, like a play in, right? Yeah. You could have done that. And then you could have also maybe done Hogan and Andre, and the winner of that match faces the winner of the tournament for the championship. Okay. Would have done a. I mean, again, then you're talking about what happens if. So, I mean, DiBiase wins. Um, he's in the tournament, and it's kind of stands pat the way it is. You would probably you would have to round out the tournament more. Okay. It's still fine, and you could still you could use the the you could have set the bracket up to maybe use the the Jake Rick Rude no finish to move DiBiase through. The tournament to the finals one less match okay right? and then dibiase beats savage by hooker crook to then get him to hogan and then that's who let's say hogan and andre opened the show mm-hmm. they opened wrestlemania yep. 4 then they then they play the tournament through dibiase wins the tournament mm-hmm. by hooker crook maybe help from andre whatever okay to get hogan DiBiase to close the night. Okay. All right. Interesting. Now, what that gets you, I think, is because back then, if you look at WrestleManias, right up until this, well, I mean, right up until now, if you think about it, more novel back then is every WrestleMania was like a standalone, special, unique thing. WrestleMania one, you had Mr. T, you had the bells and whistles that we mm-hmm. all talk about to this day. It had an identity. That was the, yeah, that was that show's identity. Yeah. WrestleMania 2, the multiple, multiple locations, you know, the NFL guys, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff, right? WrestleMania 3, Hogan Andre says, says yep. it right there. Pontiac Silverdome. Yep. WrestleMania 4, what really happened, the identity of that show was the, the tournament. tournament. Yeah, that was the focal point. Now, you could have made the, you could have made the, the identity of the show, not just necessarily the tournament, but the idea that you could watch Hulk Hogan wrestle twice. Yep. You're getting... Or the tournament, which is... And here's another thing that they did. Not only was the tournament, in reality, the attraction, the poster has Hogan and Andre in the front of that thing. So it's true. So if you think about it, it would have probably stayed the same. You would have had a Hogan, Andre, and the tournament, but that extra nugget would have been like, man, if Hulk Hogan wins, and let's just say that's a WWF championship <clears throat> match or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Hogan wins. He's going to wrestle. Could he wrestle Randy Savage? Could he wrestle DiBiase? Could he wrestle this guy? Could he wrestle that guy? And then you kind of play it off from there. But at least you would have had a lot of elements that would have been intriguing to fans in the way that similar to what they did. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's one way you could have gone about it in the structure of kind of how you set things up too. Okay. All right. I, I like it. Um, let's leave Let's leave it at that when it comes to WrestleMania 4. Uh, but I, I definitely... I definitely like the, the, the direction 
they're the directions that we could have gone in with that. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1993, WrestleMania 9. It was once said on Something to Wrestle with Bruce Prichard that the idea to bring the Steiner brothers back to the World Wrestling, or to introduce them into the World Wrestling Federation, was to have Scott Steiner win the Royal Rumble to move on to WrestleMania to face the WWF champion, which was the first year that the WrestleMania title shot stipulation came into play in the Royal Rumble match. Bruce has confirmed that it was an idea that was brought up in creative meetings, and when it was pitched to Scott, Scott was the one that turned it down because he didn't want to, he didn't want to break up the Steiner Brothers tag team. Now, what if Scott said, no, you know what? I like that idea. I'm, I'm game. I'm on board. What does WrestleMania 9 look like with Scott Steiner as the Royal Rumble winner and your main event of, of, of that pay-per-view? I think it speaks to them leaning into the <clears throat> times. The times being post-Hogan, really smaller guys, even though Steiner's a big dude, but not as big as Hogan necessarily. It, I think guys, it, that work, guys that work differently, not that Hogan just, style. Yeah, it's a more working, athletic style. Yeah. Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels. Michaels, Marty Jannetty, yeah. yeah. Perfect, etc. Yeah. So I think you're looking at Bret Hart and Scott Steiner. In, I don't think they're in the main event though because of who they are. I still, you're still bringing Hogan back. Yeah. Probably, you know what I mean. Um, so they put Hogan in the singles. Does he get? Does he topple the mighty Yokozuna? After all those months of Yokozuna just destroying the competition, that brings back Hulk Hogan to defend America against the evil Japanese sumo wrestler? You could do that. You could still do the... You could also potentially still do the the Mega Maniacs against the... Money Incorporated. Money Incorporated. Um, You could do... Yokozuna versus The Undertaker, and we just say fuck off to Giant Gonzalez. Um, yes, that'd have been nice because Yoko's not winning the Royal Rumble now, so yeah. that spot is gone. What do you do with Yoko? You got to make him look fucking dominant. And look, who looked more dominant in that Royal Rumble than Yoko? With Giant Gonzalez fucking put the Undertaker down. Yep. So maybe you put okay, you trans you transition Yoko to the Undertaker for WrestleMania, um, and you probably end it the same way, where like it's you know Undertaker by disqualification or some shit. You know what I mean? Um, you got Brett Steiner. You still probably do. You could do Money Incorporated, but here's another idea. You could maybe even do Hulk Hogan against the narcissist. Hmm. You've got the bad guy version of a fucking chiseled specimen. You know, yep. no one looks better than me. I've got the largest arms in the world. You know what I and mean? And many, many, many wrestling diehards who had watched, yeah. you know, both WWF and Jim Crockett promotions, they... They would always compare Luger to Hogan because of the physiques. Yep. Many have said Luger was Jim Crockett's version of Hulk Hogan without the charisma. Yeah, so that could be a special semi-attraction, semi-main event attraction. Yeah. Um, if you go further down the card, maybe you... Now that Perfect's not wrestling narcissist, you go Perfect Shawn Michaels. That was happening. That was a thing. Um, you could go that route. Um, what about Ric Flair? Well, he's gone. Let's say he didn't leave. Do you do you finally do Hogan Flair because because that because that's the last opportunity? Loser leaves the WWF. Do you make a way? Do you, do you, do you make you find a, a creative way to get to Hogan Flair for that show? 
Was Flair in that Royal Rumble? Yeah, because the next night he wrestled perfect on Raw. Yeah. Um, no, you don't do that. Okay. But here's what you do. This is, this is a fun one. You do... Part of that Royal Rumble is that is the return of Hulk Hogan. Okay. And in that match, you get Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair dusting each other up. Yep. And the next night on Raw is a Loser Leafs Town match with Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair on Monday Night Raw. Okay. In 1993. Okay. You need a big match to sell that show. Or at least those Raws, those early Raws. That wouldn't, that, that, that would be a, I mean, you, you put Hogan on free TV, but they were making, they were transitioning and doing different things then. So, it, or here's another one, because now you got to kind of mesh what really happened, what, what, what you'd like to see happen. Maybe you do Hulk Hogan and this isn't Loser Leaves Town. So you do Hulk Hogan and Mr. Perfect against Ric Flair and the Narcissist on Monday Night Raw. Just a, just tag a match. Tag team match, yeah. Just a tag team match to, to, to get people talking. Mm-hmm. And that maybe sets up a combination of those four guys wrestling each other in some capacity of WrestleMania. Yeah, so maybe you get Hogan and Flair at WrestleMania off of that, and then you get the Narcissist and Perfect, perfect off of that. Or you get Perfect and Flair, who Hogan are obviously going, and Hogan and Narcissist. Luger. Maybe you go that way. Um, but, like, hey, but like I said, but then again, what do you do with Money Incorporated in the mega... Oh, you could just do, you could do maybe like Savage, get him off the, the desk and put Savage in Beefcake against Money Incorporated. You should go back and listen to our last episode. Kobe and I did the do-over, making WrestleMania 9 watchable. <laughs> and him and I both had our respective um, booking scenarios and... This was the WrestleMania 9 that I had put together. Scott Steiner, not the main event picture. We'll get back to that in a minute. Sure. Um, main event, Brett and Yoko for the title. Same buildup as we saw in 93. Okay. Even though Steiner wins the Rumble? No. Steiner's not factored into the main event. Oh, oh okay. from the pod, from the last. From my okay. last episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, go check it out in the archives. The do-over. WrestleMania 9. Uh, Kobe and I had a lot of fun with that. Um, co-main event. Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior substituting for an injured Brutus Beefcake taking on the Mega Maniacs, still managed by, or sorry, Money Incorporated, still managed by Jimmy Hart with Sid Justice as the insurance policy. We still get Undertaker Giant Gonzalez, but Undertaker puts a bow on that and just, he he, he gets rid of him. He moves on. Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty, yeah. Steel Cage, WrestleMania 9 with the debut of Diesel. Helping Sean defeat Marty. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to give away too much in the spoilers here. We still get Steiners and Head Shrinkers. We still get Doink and uh, and uh, Crush. Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, loser leaves the WWF at WrestleMania 9. Okay. Razor Ramon and Randy Macho Man Savage at There's WrestleMania that, 9. That plays, yeah. And Given Steiners their... and Head Shrinkers. Okay. Oh, and then Luger, the Narcissist. Against the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith, so those were the kind of those are and you'll have to go back and listen to the episode. Okay. Um, I'll send you the link for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But um, those were what I had kind of concocted out, um, taking a little bit of what took place in real life, trying to make it somewhat watchable. I did a whole build up with each feud, what led to it, what began, taking real life and my little bit of fantasy and meshing it into one. Yeah. But 
let's go back to Steiner and Brett. Steiner wins the Rumble. It's him and Brett for the title. They're not the main event. Is it babyface versus babyface? Is it two just great athletes meeting each other to see who the best man is? Or because it's the world of the WWF and Vince McMahon's playground, there always needs to be some kind of personal attachment to each rivalry. Is there some sort of personal um, aspect to it? Do we get a heel turn from a Scott Steiner? Hey, dare I say, do we maybe see... A 1993 pop-a-pump. big pop-a-pump uh-huh. against I mean, Bret Hart for the WWF Championship at that WrestleMania? You know, I think it would probably play out better. I feel like if those guys wrestled each other and, like, it's like, it's it's Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle from WrestleMania 19. You know what I mean? Okay. It's just two studs. You know, it's a JR wet dream of just two decorated athletes going at it. And let's say Bret Hart wins and, like... You get the handshake and the respect and all that. And then you come out of WrestleMania and that's like, that's where Steiner's starting to transform. Yeah, like something. He, he didn't beat Brett. Like now he's got to beat him. Now it's more personal. Like he didn't bring his best that night or whatever. You know what I mean? Now is Rick Steiner have any involvement in this? Is he a player? Is he in Scott's corner cheering him on? Is he even a part of the, 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 the okay, WWF altogether? Well, I would say he is. I would say maybe he's part of the map. I could just easily see a scenario where they're both walking out of that into that arena and Scott turns around and says, like, no, I got this by myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to do this the right way because yep. at this point he's a good guy. Yep. You know what I mean? And then, I, you know what? While we're having fun with this, at some point you're going to have to do the Hart Foundation versus the Steiners in, in a... Um, and a, and a tag match. And when I mean Heart Foundation, I'm talking the Anvil. Or you okay. could even do Owen. Brett and Owen. You could do Brett and Owen, even though Owen wasn't really around back then. He didn't, or he was tertiary. He, he was. He was, he was, he was part of high co- energy. Yeah. He was involved in that buildup when, uh, with, with Razor and Brett. Yeah. When Razor that's attacked true, That's him. right. Yep. So you could, you could, that would have been Insert a perfect. Owen into the, the, maybe a certain episode of WWF TV has the Heart Foundation against the Steiners and like some sort of friendly, brotherly, Match now, you've seen that match between those two I teams. Have. That okay. was on Action Zone, I believe. That was a Coliseum home video exclusive. Yeah. Oh, so and it was an Action Zone, okay. And recently, when I met the Steiners at WrestleCon in San Antonio, uh, I had asked them, I said, um, why do you have any reason? As to, was there any reason given to you guys as to why they just randomly threw you guys in, into, in, into a match with Brett and Owen, and why? It wasn't like filmed for TV. And Rick said, that's just Vince being Vince. Just throwing us throwing us a curveball. Scott replied with, We were told before the match started that this was this was going nowhere. It was ju- it wasn't even gonna be filmed. And somehow it managed to to to, to make it out there in the in the tape trading world. Because it was a, it was an underground cult classic amongst the tape trading world. Uh, Brett Nolan against the Steiner brothers in that like non-finish tag team match. Many regard that as um, a, a cult classic of sorts. But um, that was my encounter meeting Rick and Scott at uh, WrestleCon in San Antonio back in January. Um, but to go back on what you're saying, yeah, I could picture something like you know a Steiner's Brett Nolan or a Steiner's 
Heart Foundation. I think Heart Foundation kind of helped cool build. There was uh, there was more history with them as a team than there like, was Brett Nolan at that time. It would be like it would be like a, a nostalgia <laughs> thing. Yeah, because they hadn't been together for a few years, and it would be like not that anyone cared, but with such you know emotion. But mm-hmm. the return of the Heart Foundation, yeah, yeah, would be a cool attraction to an episode of TV or something like that. So, mm-hmm. but. What was what would probably be more sensible would be Brett and Owen because you could then introduce a, a new character and elevate somebody rather than dust something off. Yeah. So you could go either way. Yep. I think I think the cooler element, given what actually the, the way things did play out with all the people we're talking about here, is if it was a, like a return of the Heart Foundation, just for like a one night only okay. type of thing. All right. So you could do that on the way to WrestleMania, um, or since we're talking about it, since we're here. You could do um, Anvil and Brett's corner at WrestleMania, Rick and Scott's corner at WrestleMania. You could, um, again, it's not going to be the main event because that's how they're looked at at this time. All the other players involved on the outside. Yeah, yeah Flair, Hogan's we're talking about here, yeah. DiBiase's. Maybe you've got that element of, it's a family affair for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. You could just hear Vince McMahon yeah. teasing it up, teeing it up for us. Like, you know, you got Anvil and Brett's corner, you got Rick and Stott's, you know, Rick and Scott's corner, and then who's to say that maybe again because the match is in the main event, Owen shows up, and that's how we're, you know, that's introduced to the family. The, the, there's a familial dynamic to the match. Yeah. Maybe the match ends in a disqualification because Owen gets in and tries to help and. Brett doesn't want Owen to help. Yeah, and Scott's pissed because like, what the fuck? You just got you know robbed I mean? out of it. Yeah, of and then you've got you've got you've got some stuff to to play with coming out of WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But I think what you try to deliver in that before that happens is a fucking contest. Yeah. To again, an athletic two, contest yeah. between two stellar. Yeah. You know, studs, Bret Hart's. Yeah. Background in the dungeon and the brothers. Scott's and, collegiate, yeah, rest, you know, you amateur know, wrestling University of Michigan. Yeah, Anvil's collegiate background, which if you if you didn't look into him, he was a fucking stud yep. of a collegiate athlete. Yeah. Um, same thing with Rick Steiner. So like, you could have gone that route. That would be cool to do. That would be the Scott. wrestling aspect of yeah. that WrestleMania. Yeah, and then again, you would it would get uh, a storyline to it with more um, color with the reintroducing of Owen as a as a more prominent character by unfortunately maybe spoiling what could be like a in 1993 a 15 minute contest that you know you'd wish you were talking about as a all-timer mm-hmm. okay all right I like it I like it I didn't, I didn't have that route I didn't but you you definitely exceeded my expectations <laughs> when it came to when it came to that scenario let's move on to 1998 and WrestleMania 14. Now, this isn't that big of an urban legend because it's been well documented um, on both Something to Wrestle as well as 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff that in the fall of 1997, Hulk Hogan met with Vince McMahon in a hotel in Denver, Colorado following an episode of WCW Monday Night Show. Eric Bischoff confirmed it because he had a conversation with Hulk that he was going to meet with Vince. Yeah. And Bruce Pritchard had confirmed that the meeting was that the meeting had went down as well. On Bischoff's side, Bischoff confirms that he, well at least he details that Hulk was very open and honest about the meeting with him, very casually, 
And Bischoff felt because of the nature of the the, the, the open-ended uh, subject that he wasn't concerned with what the results of that meeting was going to, to entail with, yeah. with Hogan and Vince. Bruce, on the other side, didn't really have an answer one way or another, but had suggested that in the event they were going to land Hulk Hogan following that meeting, there was an idea that was thrown out there of Hollywood Hogan or Hulk Hogan, whomever, whichever persona, was to take part in WrestleMania 14, possibly against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I always wondered how that could work. Now, take into account too, okay, you have Shawn Michaels, who was the WWF champion. He obviously had the match with Austin at WrestleMania that year. And you had Mike Tyson as a special enforcer. How does a WrestleMania look with Hollywood Hogan and Steve Austin that year in 98? Shawn Michaels around? Where's his role? What's he doing? Is Mike Tyson involved? How does that look? If Hogan said, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, sign me up, brother. I'm coming back. A couple questions. Okay. Is Brett, st- is Brett still in the WWF? Let's just set some. Let's just let's just set some a foundation here. Is we, Brett still there? I mean, because I think again we have to kind of ride the line of where things are. Like, are they getting Hulk Hogan because Brett's gone, or is Brett there and they get Hulk Hogan? I, was it an either or? I, I I feel like it was. I'm sorry. I feel like it was, but definitely I feel like what it was. It was either Brett or Hogan. Like if Brett had stayed, in the I don't think both were in the same. I don't think both were in, were in the company at the time. I or together. I don't think I, I think their intention was not because they lost Brett, but because they had the flexibility with Brett no longer being there. Yeah. Okay. So, so Brett's not there. Brett's okay. not there. Is Sean's back messed up? It is could he be going home. Well, let's figure it, that out. Is it? Did he like? Is so he still wrestling the Undertaker at the Royal Rumble? Well, this all right. So this meeting. He's the t- champion. So this meeting took place in the fall of '97. I want to say it was like October, November. Somewhere around that, somewhere around that time frame. If I'm not mistaken, it was either following a Nitro or it was Hogan was filming a movie okay. at that time. All right, that helps me a little bit. So that was heading towards Starcade with Sting. So Hogan's deal, if I'm not mistaken, was reportedly up in early '98, possibly. February, maybe? Okay. Maybe? So let's just say... To put it into context. Yeah, to, to kind of, again, build something. We have a skeleton to work with here. Let's just say the screw job happens. Shawn Michaels and DX have a ton of heat. Shawn Michaels wrestles The Undertaker. He messes his back up still. Let's just pencil in No Way Out of Texas is Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels, where the belt comes off Shawn Michaels. Okay. I think so you have to do that. Though. So they get Hogan quickly. Yes. Um, now, now, let me ask you this. Okay. So they get Hogan quickly. They get the belt off of Sean because he's hurt. Is the end game Austin beating Hogan at WrestleMania? Because... Yes, it has to be. Because... 
then I can't. Then me personally, I can't see them bringing in Hogan to beat Sean for the belt, only to drop it a month later to Austin. Yeah, I mean, we were getting to that point where that was starting to happen, or was going to start happening. But well, not not that. I I mean that the nature of the the, the booking at that time, yes. But knowing who Hulk Hogan was politically from the, the, the peripheral wrestling media. I don't know if Hulk Hogan would have been on board with an idea like that. Okay, so here's... Just so, not losing to Austin, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. getting the title only to drop it, being a transitional champion. That's true. Because, I mean, that's kind of like he didn't drop the belt to Sting so quickly either. Yeah. Um, and that actually brings in another question. Does he drop the title to Sting at Starcade, Or do we see it at Super Bowl? That's a good question, too. Let's just assume he doesn't drop it to Sting. Let's just say he at, at Starcade he drops it at Super Bowl. When does Super Bowl happen? We don't have to look this up if we're going to have some fun with this. When does Super Bowl happen versus when No Way Out of Texas happens? No Way Out of Texas happened the week prior to Super Bowl. Okay. No Way Out of Texas was February the 15th, I want to say. Jesus Christ. I, just wa- I was watching some, uh, some old episodes so, of Raw. And nice so let's say play. Hogan drops the title to Sting... At Super Bowl. And he's done. Um, now we got to be a little bit real about this. Does he get to be at WrestleMania if he gets that far into February with WCW? Or does Bischoff say your you, your contract's expired, you didn't resign, you don't have a no-compete, you're good. Let's just say that. That makes more sense because that's how it kind of happens really right yeah. now. So he... Super Bowl... 98, or yeah. whatever number they gave. I think it was, Feb- it was Super Bowl 8, February, I want to say the 22nd. I could super... I just watched it recently. So Hogan drops the title, and he's gone. He's out of WCW. Does Hulk Hogan show up on Raw the February next February 22nd, 1998. Hogan shows up on Raw the next night. That's now where you have to figure this out. You have to figure out how you're debuting him to get him to... I, I mean, I don't back, back then, it's not it, it, it's not unrealistic during that time period. Guys were showing up, you know. Yeah. So let's just say Hogan shows up. I think at that point, you're probably doing a triple threat for the title now. Hogan, Sean, and, and... Or, no, you're not doing a triple threat. Ooh, actually, this might be hard. It's a lot, small window. You're, you're really trying to squeeze it's, Hogan yeah, yeah. into a main event at that point with less... Roughly a month. Me personally, up. me personally, because of the small window of time, either Tyson's already in. Either they Remember. shoehorn Hogan in as as as, a, as an outside enforcer because Tyson had already joined DX. Yes, that was. I was just going to say that. Or Hogan appears at the end of that WrestleMania after Austin celebrated, and they have some sort of stare down. Whether he gets in the okay. ring or whether I he comes do. out at the at the top of the ramp. Here's what you do. Hogan comes back, and he is whether assigned or comes to the defense of is I'm gonna be I got your Austin I got your back brother, I got your back, because Tyson he's he's in Michael's pocket you yeah. know what I mean, and you probably um ooh. Now I'm wondering now. Now that as you get closer to Mania, does Tyson still turn on Shawn Michaels though? To at the end, Austin beats Michaels. 
Hogan's in Austin's corner. Um, Not so much in Austin's corner. He has said he will be there to to make sure nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Screwy. And Austin happens. don't need nobody. You know Austin don't, I mean? need I don't need nobody. nobody. He don't want nobody. But Hogan's gonna be there anyway. Like, don't get in my way. I'll stop a yeah. bubble in your ass. Okay. Here's how you can do it then. Um. The match ends the way we saw it end. Hogan's there. Nothing really happens. Maybe Hogan chases off Triple H in China. Because that got, that happened in that match where they were banned. They interfered and then the ref tossed him. Yeah. So Hogan kind of chases them off. Um, Tyson gives the count. Austin wins. Shawn Michaels is like, what's up, buddy? He gets knocked out. Now Hogan enters the ring. And it's the three of them. And it's a celebration, right? Fucking Tyson knocks out Hogan. And you still get the same ending after that. Now Hogan's got a reason to probably be a little more vile, maniacal, have some sort of angst towards Austin. Because Tyson's gone now. Okay. You know what I mean? So let, so like you and, Ty, you and Tyson were working this thing all along and you allowed me to... Yeah. You, 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 like you nobody allowed, plays Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I came back as a, as a, as a favorite of Vince McMahon. Yeah. For everything I've done for the WWF, this yep. place wouldn't be anywhere without me. You know what I mean? Yep. And and I came to be in your corner to help you know to help you. Um, so he's kind of like a, a tweener before WrestleMania. So all right, so he's he's coming back as a favorite of Vince, but Vince at the time didn't want Austin to be the champion because he didn't represent the what Vince saw in a champion. So he's gonna help he's gonna help Austin. Okay, yeah, let's iron that out a little bit. Um, well, he's not going to help Austin. He's going to, for Hulk Hogan's moral compass, he's going to ensure that the main event goes off without a hitch and that Tyson doesn't exert his influence with Shawn Michaels in the match. He's kind of rogue on this. So we got to probably okay, so, iron out the, the Vince McMahon part. All right, so, here, so, so here's, how, here's how you can iron that out. He's not there. He doesn't even really make his intentions clear. That he's that he's there for for to make sure that the match goes down the way it does. Hogan's advertised to be at WrestleMania 14, and he makes it known that he's got his eye on the WWF Championship match. So there's a mystery surrounding Hogan's involvement in the match. Is then, Hogan going to be at ringside? Whose side is he on? Tyson's the special enforcer. Yet Tyson is in the back pocket of DX. Austin don't want no help, but Austin's leery as to why Hogan's there in the first place. Even Vince has some some questions regarding Hogan's presence at this WrestleMania. So let's... It might be a little too much considered all the players involved. Because you already have Michaels, Austin, and Tyson. Yeah, but that we're talking about the biggest <clears throat> names in the wrestling realm at that time. Yeah. Austin, Tyson, Michaels. Yes. Right? So you add Hogan to that, who's would be right behind that, right? Yep. Or in but front I'm saying, of it. is it too crowded? Though? Uh, does, it, does, does it overshadow? Does all that overshadow the match? Mm, so here's how you can do it then. So then Hogan, here, here's how you can do it. Before WrestleMania, Hogan's back, and everything you just said. I'm gonna be at WrestleMania. I I got my eye on this match. You know this or you know whatever. Right? He says what he says. Then heading into WrestleMania, instead of getting uh, a Jennifer Flowers interview with The Rock, we get it with Hulk Hogan. Its own segment, pre-taped, backstage, of just an interview. Yeah, okay. Why did you come back to the WWF? 
what have you been doing? Why are you here at WrestleMania? Yeah, what, welcome back to WrestleMania. What are you doing? And I got my eye on this match, you know, and maybe he declares that, like, you know, I'm going to be there. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, I'm not leaving early. I'm going to be there. The match plays out the way it starts. Hunter and China insert themselves. Hogan shows up to, to, to chase them off. And he's now there. The match continues. Him and Tyson are kind of around, you know, around the ring post. Hey, watch out, brother. Hey, Hulk, what's, you know, what you, yep. you back off. I'm the enforcer. You yep, know what yep. I mean? And then you get to the ending that I talked about where maybe, so Tyson and Austin are celebrating after the knockout of Michaels. So Tyson, Hogan, Hogan is going to now enter like. Same finish. He, he stuns Michaels. Tyson runs in the quick, fast count. Yep, knocks out Michaels. Then eventually knocks out Michaels. Hey, what happened? I thought you were on my team. Boom. Knocks him out. They celebrate. Yeah. Hogan steps in and it's like. You doing? Yeah, and Hogan's more like, "Yeah, brother, too sweet. Like, good job, man." And that's when Tyson knocks him out. Tyson nails him, and then that's the impetus for Hogan to, on top of maybe being there to maybe try to prevent them. The you know you think you figure that out later, but on top of maybe being Vince's guy post WrestleMania mm-hmm. for Austin, that's his like, you're not the right champion for the WWF. I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why Vince McMahon brought me back. Oh, wow. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. So, so, so Vince's, Vince's association with Hulk comes after the fact. Yeah. Because me, there's that big mystery surrounding Yeah. That. Like, okay. that's what I'm, that's what I'm. That doing. makes more sense. Yeah. That whole start to finish makes more sense than trying to shoehorn him into a match with, with, um. Michaels and or Austin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I like that. He, he again. He's 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 probably still wearing. He's, he's wearing. You know, he's not wearing red and yellow. He's just cool Hulk Hogan. Not even Hollywood. He's Jerry Bollea, yeah. brother. Yeah. And okay. Again, he just tries to. He tries to maybe just like the awkward the awkward guy just try to insert himself in the celebration. Like, hey, guys, hey, what's up, brother? Yeah. Like, he's trying to get his shine in yep. the main event just by being Hogan most posed, right? Like, yeah. Brother, like you know how every WrestleMania, you know. His, you know, he'd be posing with other wrestlers and they'd be doing all the Hulk poses. Yep. Maybe he's trying to, hey, brother, come on, do this, you know, do this. And Or he's the one that proposes the toast and he pulls out the beer. And then that's when Tyson nails him. And then Austin and Tyson leave sharing a couple of beers. Yeah, Hulk trying to befriend too. Austin. Yes, that's what's essentially happening. You know? Be it the two sweets or the Hogan yeah. trying to get Austin or Tyson to pose. Yeah. You know, he's imposing himself into their celebration. Yeah. And Tyson, before Austin could even react, fucking knocks him out. Okay. And that's the end of Tyson. Tyson's gone, right? Yep. He's not coming back. It doesn't need to be explained. We're not getting a match with Hogan and Tyson. Yeah. It's over. Tyson's out. So Hogan's got to now transfer that hate for Tyson on the guy that Tyson was in cahoots with, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and therefore also reveal like Vince McMahon brought me back to be the champion of this company because it needed it, and you're not you don't fit that, yeah. which is essentially what Vince's whole you know and he's motive. going he's going to what was successful before, so yeah. that being Hogan, yeah. he saw me he saw me run wild I, in WCW. I built, I built this place, yeah, that gave that that. That gave you a reason to, to be the, the you know. Yeah, there's yeah. all that. I know yeah. none of y'all would be here without me. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know, like, Vince McMahon saw what I did to WCW. I can make it and break it like yeah. I did. And I'm going to come back here and, and, and bring this place back to where it belongs. And yeah. you don't belong here type thing. Okay. And, I like and it. boom. I like it. I like it, definitely. Um, all right, moving on to our last 
Woulda, coulda, shoulda, urban legend, WrestleMania. From 2003, WrestleMania 19, there's actually a couple different scenarios here. A couple different urban legends. First, let's start off with Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle was the main event for the WWE Championship. And that match is most famous for Brock Lesnar's attempt at a shooting star press, almost breaking his neck and killing himself. It's made the WrestleMania highlight reels over the years. Um, still a very good match, but um, that gets overshadowed from the, the, the attempted shooting star press by Brock. Now, you probably remember this, but going into that match, Kurt Angle's health was in question, serious question, his neck. Um, it had been rumored and reported that he was in rough shape. And at one point in time in the peripheral wrestling media, i.e. the dirt sheets, um, the likes of Dave Meltzer and Wade Keller and all those guys had reported that Kurt Angle had been, they, the WWE had planned for Kurt Angle to drop the title on the way to WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar on an episode of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Which would then result in Brock going into WrestleMania as the defending champion. And the name that was talked about to face Brock Lesnar at that WrestleMania was Chris Benoit. Who at that time on television had just come off of a rivalry with Kurt Angle. But he was involved in a subplot, if you will, against Kurt Angle's cohorts Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin in Team Angle. Yeah. What we eventually got was on that episode of SmackDown where it was advertised, I think it was like two or three weeks before WrestleMania. Was that the brother switch? It was the it was the twin switch. It was yeah. the switcheroo when Brock was scheduled to wrestle Kurt Angle. And during Brock's entrance, the lights were dim and Kurt Angle had switched and his brother took his place. And when Brock delivered the F5, he, he realized, this ain't Kurt. Yeah. Kurt comes in, sweeps, does a little schoolboy. Pins Brock and remains the WWE champion. And by that point, everybody realized either, oh shit, he's either not hurt, and this was some kind of a swerve, or he's still going to wrestle at WrestleMania regardless of his injuries. And it turned out that was the case. Angle was going into the match with, I mean, I've watched the match back a bunch of times over the years, and sometimes I cringe at some of the things that they were doing in that match because... The, the peripheral wrestling media, which whether it's true or not, had reported that, you know, Angle was very touch and go. Anything, and Angle's even said it himself in interviews. Like, he could have easily killed himself yeah. in that match with the things that him and Brock were doing. Brock has even said publicly years ago that he was hesitant to do some of the things that him and Angle had scheduled to do. And Angle in that match was telling him, no, we're going to do this. It almost, We're do that. Yeah, and from my vantage point, like it's, I can definitely understand the cringe part of it. It's all given what they did that night because I think that was the best match of that show. Personally, I know mm-hmm. that it was a great show, and there's lots of other candidates. Um, I, it's almost hard to believe he was injured. Yeah, because you didn't, you couldn't notice something like that because yeah. how intense and how, you know, yeah, hard hitting that match. Absolutely. Was. Yeah. So, so it's. Now, let's let's play what if here. Let's say WWE's medical personnel said to Kurt Angle, no way, your neck is in rough shape, you need a surgery, you need it now, we are not waiting three weeks, you are not going to be able to, we're not clearing you for WrestleMania. And they managed to get the title on Brock. 
What does Brock Lesnar's WrestleMania look like going into that show as the defending WWE champion? Put in a little context, he was scheduled to challenge for the title via his victory in the 2003 Royal Rumble match. So, map this one out. All right, a couple options. One is Chris Benoit. And I think if you go Chris Benoit, you go the route of two wrestling purists. Mm -hmm. And Benoit wins the match. Mm -hmm. Um, And let's say he wins the match with some sort of controversial submission finish. Or maybe like a double pin slash submission, right? Like Brock has got him in the, you know, someone's in a triangle choke and getting in the pinning position, but the other guy taps out. Yeah. There's like that type of finish. Same time. Referee makes the count, and as he's going to hit three, as he hits out. three, someone's tapping out. Yeah. Like um, one guy's shoulders on the mat, the other one's tapping out at the same time as the ref makes the count. Yeah. I yeah. Gotcha. You could do it in any direction. Actually, you could do it in the win- direction of Does Brock that close winning. the show? So hold on. So if let's say you did it with Brock winning, the the finish I have that, that you do is the I think JBL won against Benoit at WrestleMania with the he like rolled the cross face over and like held and the he, ropes. His foot where you use the, le- yeah. the ropes as leverage to put his feet up so that he can get Benoit's shoulders. Maybe Brock wins it that way, and then Brock's going to be a heel now, you know, and or that starts a heel turn, and that's a it's a longer form rivalry, or um, you know maybe. Uh, you know, Benoit gets him in uh Benoit makes him pass out in the crossface, wins the match. Or maybe Benoit gets him in the crossface, the foot's under the rope for Brock or Benoit, and no one sees it. Or maybe Benoit adds some leverage by pushing off against the rope or a turnbuckle okay. on the crossface to get the pass out or the tap out, and Brock taps out. You know what I mean? You could so there's a lot of areas you mm-hmm. could go. With Benoit, but it's something that leads to a longer form rivalry, probably between the two of them. Okay. Sidebar here. Kurt Angle's out, right? You go with Brock and Benoit. Kurt Angle at that time, his manager, his agent, was Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman factored into this. Now heading into, into that this scenario? Heading into that WrestleMania, Brock had eliminated Paul Heyman in a match. He had F5'd him and they did an injury angle and Heyman was out. So Angle was going into that match alone. You, Does Paul Heyman is there is there a place for Paul Heyman in 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 this scenario? In this scenario, maybe yeah, maybe he's um, holding somebody's feet down in a in a compromising position. Like mm-hmm. if Brock's in the crossface and his foot is hanging out, he holds that foot down, or maybe pulls the rope away so he can't break the hold with his a rope break. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe that. So. Here's where you can maybe insert Paul Heyman in a scenario that doesn't involve Chris Benoit. The other guy I had in mind, which would kind of, it probably wouldn't have worked, but we're here talking about it. Brock Lesnar doesn't have an opponent for WrestleMania. He's going to just, he's going to open challenge somebody. And the whole night is people like, who's going to do it? You know what I mean? There's different vignettes shot across the night of them. You know, I'm going to do it. And could it be this guy? Whoever, right? The person who comes out to challenge him is Nathan Jones, who now has a new advocate in Paul Heyman. Hmm. And maybe that isn't made clear at the onset of Nathan Jones appearing. Maybe it's made clear at the end of the match, or maybe Nathan Jones wins the match. 
again, Nathan Jones didn't work out, so who knows? Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's another idea to go if we're going to get a little bit off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. Nathan Jones answers a challenge of Brock's. Maybe Nathan Jones puts himself in that place to challenge Brock prior to WrestleMania because now Angle's hurt. You know, Angle's hurt. He's, you know, you know, he can't, the rematch won't happen because Brock injured him. His neck hurts. You know, now Brock doesn't have a challenger. You know, you're talking about SmackDown heading into WrestleMania and, and maybe that's where Nathan Jones makes himself there. And then, you know, I know he's kind of with the Undertaker at that point. Maybe the Undertaker's like, look, dude, like that's not how, you know, I know you're trying to make a name for yourself. That's not how you do it. Yeah. So yeah. then, now, 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 we're, now the wheels are spinning. Earlier in that night, instead of, the Undertaker and fucking Nathan Jones against A-Train and the Big Show. You get The Undertaker and Nathan Jones and the winner faces Brock Lesnar. And fucking Nathan Jones lays waste to The Undertaker to get to Brock Lesnar. Ooh. Hmm. Does it main event? Probably not. No. Um, or The Undertaker wins. Now we're, now we're getting crazy. Now The Undertaker wins and you get The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Okay. They had just started talking about the streak the year prior, two years prior. The streak was just becoming a new thing to talk about. Now the Undertaker's got to win possibly two matches to keep his streak intact. And the streak element, yeah, that could be some intrigue behind it. And whether or not he wins is a whole other... Having wrestled Brock, what, that prior No Mercy in the Hell in a Cell? There's a history there that they they could call back to, to, to... yeah, introduce oh, yeah. in that in yeah. that path. They've, yeah, they've established it. Yeah, so Undertaker. So you could either go Undertaker beats Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones beats the Undertaker because Nathan Jones is trying to you know usurp everybody to get to Brock and Undertaker's the it's his yard. You got to go through me. You don't just mm-hmm. get to just do that. So then you kind of get something that kind of threads through a whole a whole show. That's offhand, probably how. And then, then you can enter in the A-trains and big shows into different elements of maybe interfering in any of those, either of those matches mm-hmm. to okay. help or hurt or whatever. Okay. All right. Um, not bad. Stuff that I think at that time period is, is viable. Um, here's one name that wasn't mentioned that... Wasn't on that WrestleMania card, but he was. They were starting to significantly build him up into a, a more prominent role in the show. It's John Cena. John Cena was advertised to call out Jay Z for a rap battle That's on right. like the the free for all or the mm-hmm. Sunday Night Heat or whatever in the weeks prior. To that WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar and John Cena were involved in a match, and they they filmed an injury angle where Brock had F five Cena and his knee um, hit the ring post, and he was out and needed surgery. And that's where you got to see more of the vicious, um, ruthless aggression uh, rap persona from John Cena. They were giving him some FaceTime. Um, Maybe going into that WrestleMania, um, you know, Brock wins the belt. They advertise a rematch with Kurt Angle. And they do the old bait and switch. And Angle gets pulled from the match. Some kind of injury angle of sorts. Or medical doesn't deem him ready to compete. 
And therefore, Brock is the champ. He's hungry for a challenger. He makes that open challenge, or he even calls out John Cena okay. at that time. Yeah. And that might not be the main event, because the poster saw Hogan and Vince on that one. Mm-hmm. So Brock and John Cena as like a call to what the future of what WWE looks like. I like that. Between the two of them. And you could sit there and talk about it like in that buildup. Like, this this might not be the first time, the only time they main event at WrestleMania. These guys yeah. are going to be around for a long time. Yep. Granted, Brock left the next year. But like you have that energetic, tide-shifting match of like these are the these are the pillars of the future and yeah. we will see you know it, it they're in the main event of wrestlemania now yeah they you know it could be it could be big and you know the, this could be one of the all-time great rivalries yeah you know you could really you could really milk that i could see that i like that there, there, there there's a few options there the benoit thing the undertaker thing like you said uh john cena um the last woulda coulda shoulda Urban legend. This isn't an urban legend. This has been well documented. The night before this WrestleMania, Ooh, okay. Stone Cold Steve Austin had. I got fire trucks going on in the background. You hear that? Yeah. It's not. It's not Big Papa Pump coming. Just for any of you out there listening. Um, apparently, there's some sort of a medical emergency on my street. Anyhow, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin was taken to a local medical facility, as they like to say on WWE programming. And uh, it was it was reported that he had suffered from a severe panic attack, um, irregular heartbeat, and um, he had he he said I think it was like a WrestleMania documentary once that um, felt like his heart was coming out of his chest, and he was taken to the hospital. And he stayed overnight. And they ran some tests and stuff like that, a lot of yeah. stress tests, and it was due to excessive amounts of caffeine, and um, I. I think it was a situation, at least from on the surface from when I watched the documentary, it was a situation where he kind of worked himself up uh, mm-hmm. with his nerves and anxiety because it was his first real big match back since he'd been gone for a year. And it was at WrestleMania against yeah. The Rock. And little, you know, unbeknownst to us as the viewers, it was reported that it was planned that that was going to be his final match. And it was... Yeah. The, and, and at one point in time, I think even during the buildup, they had said this might be the last time we ever see Rock and Austin face to face at WrestleMania in a match. J- I believe Jr. insinuated that they're like this is, you know, this I is like remember. the final, not like the final the showdown, but so the, kind of a final chapter of this saga. Yeah, well, Rock had alluded the, to that. Yeah, too. the final, the, the the final chapter in the greatest rivalry in the history of yeah. sports entertainment. I know Rock had made mention of that in his promo. Yeah. Now, you know, God willing, he managed to make the match. Um, he was cleared by 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 doctors to so you're return. Saying what happens? If what happens if they didn't? If what happens if he unfortunately had some kind of medical episode and at the eleventh hour he gets pulled from WrestleMania? Okay. Now, knowing okay. knowing all the players that are involved on that card, okay, that leaves Rock open. Okay, that leaves Rock with no match. And now I'm not saying that it's something that. I don't think the. I think at that time the likelihood of them saying, the likelihood of them pulling him. Oh right, right. Because of the, his medical issues, I think is slim to none. Okay, here's a couple things. First, is the Brock Lesnar Kurt Angle scenario we just talked about happening congruently with the alongside this one, or is it this could. Isola- Well, let's let's set the rules. Is it happening alongside this one? Kurt Angle being gone. Yeah. 
Because well, I mean, let's put it this way: if it is, then it's an easy plug-in. Yes, you just exactly. Rock and okay, rock so we've title. established that if it's, it's an easy, it's an easy plug-in. It's something okay. that it's something that could salvage that WrestleMania. Yes. And if it's not, here's a couple ideas. Number one, I think the easiest one of these couple ideas would be, at this point, going back to Nathan Jones. It sounds like they've already decided Nathan Jones will not be participating in the tag team match at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and we're going to shoot him getting beat down in the shower by the FBI or yeah. whatever the fuck it was, right? Yeah, well, yeah. The Rock becomes the Undertaker's tag team partner. You just got to sol- you got to find something for him to do now. Yeah, we got to salvage something. That's easy. Mm-hmm. In today, gone tomorrow. Number two. The Rock being Mr. Hollywood Rock. Hold on. Backtrack to that. The Rock showing up for The Undertaker turns him babyface back on the way out. Because he's going with The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um, number two. Because The Rock is Mr. Hollywood and that weird theme with the... Uh, I love that Skyline song, right? yeah. of the... I think it's L- one of the underrated Angeles. theme songs. I, I like that they switched his music up for the persona. But go ahead. The Rock... They, they, they've announced it. Maybe... In the middle of the night on WWE.com or that morning, Austin's out. I was going to ask so you, how, did that, how does that get addressed? Probably on .com that morning or, or overnight. Does it get a lot of hype throughout the broadcast? Like, like do they... Probably not in, in good taste because it's real. Yeah. Like, there was a medical emergency. Stone Cold Steve Austin will not be participating in this match. Uh, tune in for more info. Yeah. And eventually they will refunds win. at the door after the third match. <laughs> they then announce later in the day that The Rock has got a history. Well, something with The Rock and that's going to be grandiose. I don't know how you would say it, how you would illustrate it, but something that implies that he's not not going to be on WrestleMania because Austin's not there. So The Rock is de- declaring he will have a WrestleMania moment. He will, yeah, yeah something like the to most electrifying. The Rock still promises the most electrifying WrestleMania moment in history. Yeah. Um. Given the success of it, maybe The Rock has another rock concert. Maybe if and in, I think appropriately, what could happen from that is The Rock's putting on a rock concert and John Cena shows up. Hmm. <laughs> now we're talking a. Underneath, just getting started, blue chipper, trying to make a name for himself. So this is about giving him the rub. Yeah, you could do that. Or whether it's a rock concert or The Rock just coming out to maybe just trash Seattle. He comes out to tee up his moment. And guess who comes out? Hurricane Helms. And we get The Rock and Hurricane on the grand stage of them all. Okay. So you could go I I, I forgot about that. I totally forgot about that. Well, as you know, his proudest moment in, in wrestling is from getting the, the chance to wrestle and, and, and beat The Rock. Yeah, who wouldn't? On a Monday Night Raw. But then you get you get to have the match the rematch at WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe you you could do it as a surprise. Or because again, why would Hurricane come out after he had just already beaten him? Yeah. I mean, he has no reason to come out yeah. there. So maybe um, again, you're trying to salvage something. So it's probably not going to come across so clean. But maybe The Rock um, at WrestleMania come issues a challenge to the Hurricane. And that's okay. how you get the hurricane out. And given the comedic element of the hurricane at that time, you could almost play it up in a mysterious where's Batman type of element throughout the whole show. Say he comes out in the free-for-all, The Rock, or it comes out at the beginning of WrestleMania, and he's like, Austin's not here, but you know, The Rock does have 
you know, some Hamburglar, he's got to fucking stick some McNuggets up someone's ass. Type of, <laughs> you know, and he, he puts his classic shit out there. You know, I'm looking for this, is this, this wannabe Cape Crusader. And you could do segments the whole night of like the coach or, you know, whoever just searching high and low for the hurricane. You know, little little Batman teases and like, yeah, like oh my god, Sound who is that? Birds yeah. and planes? Where is he? Right? Yeah. And then eventually, that common thread throughout the show, yeah, yeah. And then the Rock comes out. He's in his gear and he's like, "All right, you know, where is this green freak? You know what I mean? Where is he?" And not that you would have time to have some sort of WrestleMania entrance where he's coming down the ceiling, but the Hurricane shows up mm-hmm. and we get a match, and the Hurricane wins. Why the fuck not? Why the fuck? I mean, we're in. We're, we're, we're talking about a scenario where they had to throw something together. And I think yeah. you could throw something together that quickly with, with something that made sense for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives some sort of, not finality to it, but all right, we didn't give you what you were getting, unfortunately, out of our out of their control. Let's, yeah. let's have some fun here now. Yeah. Let's have some more fun yeah. with this. He's been feuding with the hurricane. Let's have some fun with I, I mean... It's it's not that would be my choice of all the scenarios I just okay. Laid. It's doing that one. That's my choice. Hurricane Helms getting challenged to a rematch against The Rock at WrestleMania 19. Okay, now that's not a bad idea by any stretch. Okay, they had that match on Raw. Hurricane upset him, so there's still something that's you know left unsaid, um, some unsettled issues between the two. Um, Given the circumstances, with you know the the medical emergency that Steve Austin had, you know could have potentially suffered and it causing him to miss WrestleMania, like they're looking for some sort of like feel good moment. Like yeah, I I I, I can totally get behind that. Um, you also have to remember during that time period, The Rock's character with this Hollywood persona, he had his irons in multiple fires, and because he was such a big Hollywood star, if I remember correctly. His character was allowed leeway to whichever show he wanted to wrestle on, if I'm not mistaken. He had started out on SmackDown, and I believe he was granted permission to wrestle on Raw without having to be a contracted Raw wrestler. Eric Bischoff had kind of like welcomed him because Bischoff was in the middle of his rivalry with Steve Austin, and that's how they kind of linked the two together to set up Austin and Rock to begin with. Yep. So... On the on an episode of Raw, it was Rock being the one that was last eliminated by Booker T for Booker T to get the title shot at Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship. Last minute plug-in, Rock's got all this stroke. He gets placed into the, the, the World Heavyweight Championship match with Booker T and Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship. Pro- like History that. with Triple H. Yeah. Recent history with Booker T eliminating him to get the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's one scenario. Another scenario. It was at the No Way Out pay-per-view. The Rock had defeated Hulk Hogan. Yep. With help from Mr. McMahon. Mm Mm-hmm. Mr. McMahon, stacking the deck against Hulk Hogan, places The Rock in front of Hogan first for Hogan to beat him in order to get McMahon in the street fight. That kind of puts Rock as like a secondary character. However, you could probably do something where he shows up during that match and just helps McMahon. That could be something And that's too. how the deck is stacked. Okay. And that's, then of course Hulk hulks up and fights back. Fights and, yeah. back and beats them yep. all. You know, 
That's having that, said that, Piper's probably still in the picture at this point. So yes. So you, you may, can't have you can't have too much Gaga on that match because Piper's enough as it is. Or that all is taking place, and guess who shows up to help Hulk Hogan? The Rock. The Rock. Okay. And you can kind of so turn you, him so babyface on baby the way face out. him like that. Okay. On the way out. Just, okay. You know. There's, in today, gone tomorrow. Okay. Going on, Rock being this persona that has all this stroke. Manages to shoehorn him into shoehorn himself into Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar. If Kurt Angle is as injured as publicly we all know of, then Rock being in that match limits Kurt Angle from having to take as many bumps, and he can be the one to eat the pinfall when Brock wins the WWE Championship. You could lighten the load and make it a triple threat. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you could also make. Because he's injured and you've played that up, Brock makes quick work of Kurt Angle. Like a WrestleMania, holy shit! Like a that match just ended in fucking twelve yeah. seconds or whatever. What do like and every? <laughs> what do we do? Like we still got tons of time, guys. Yeah. Like what do we do? And then The Rock shows up. Yeah. Okay. You could that's, do that's that's another, I, yeah. I say do I say you could go that way because again the shock of Brock making that work of Kurt Angle after all that hype. Yeah. Could be executed you need in such make- a way to make you go, oh my, like almost like when Goldberg beat Brock. <clears throat> yes. At, at Survivor's, was like, you know, at that point, we, would have, we were all probably fantasy booking how that match was going to happen and how great it was going to be yeah. and how long it was going to be for Brock to just take him out like that. Yeah. And we would all, oh my God, yeah. did, did not see that coming. And then it's like, what happens now? And then if boom. You smile. Yeah. And he shows up. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's a, I like that scenario. Yeah. The last scenario I have. You mentioned it earlier. Rock concert. Well, it was the night after WrestleMania 19 when The Rock had kind of declared after defeating Steve Austin that you are, you know, I got nothing left to prove. And out of nowhere, Goldberg showed up. Oh, my God. Why didn't we think of that? What if they expedite that process with The Rock at WrestleMania? And The Rock is just out in the you know out in the ring there to entertain the fans. Yeah. It's not a match. He's just out there because you know he's he's saying goodbye to the WWE. You know like, I'm out of here. I'm you guys a- got nothing for me. Yeah. I'm out of here. Screw and you then, guys. Boom. Goldberg shows up. Spear, jackhammer, or just a spear, and that's how Goldberg makes his WrestleMania debut. Yeah. You set the table for him and Rock at Backlash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bing, bang, boom. Yeah, you Done. can just take that segment and do it at WrestleMania. Yeah. That's actually probably the absolute easiest thing you can do. Yeah. You don't interrupt, you know. You don't interrupt any other booking plans. Yeah. That's probably you, the easiest plug yeah. and play. Everything status quo. You don't have to break up the whole card for it. Hey, that thing we were going to do t- tomorrow, we're going to do gonna it tonight. tonight. Goldberg's yeah. here anyways. He's yeah. in town. Yeah. Or we're going to we're going to send him a plane. He'll be here. Yeah. We're going to just do it tonight. Cuz it's not like they couldn't get it. It's not like they didn't have the capabilities and the means to get it done. If I'm yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I believe they they flew in Piper like the morning of. It was something very like something something like, very tight. No, I think he drove. Or I he think I, no, that's he, right. He did. He drove because he, he lived in he Portland. Insisted he insisted on driving in himself. Yeah, he drove, and it was like three people that knew about it, and one of them wasn't Jr. And yeah. Jr. was pissed because he wasn't on the payroll, and Jr. needed to know and be in the be in the know that. That Piper was involved, but anyways, long story short. Yeah, I think that would have probably been the most plug and play way to do it. Just hey, that we wrote Raw last night, and you know it's already in the can—not in the can, but we're 
we already got the script for Raw done, and we already got that segment in place. We're just going to pull that segment into WrestleMania. Yeah. But, I don't know. I like my Hurricane idea just because it gives someone that I think we all like a, a, a fun little fantasy option. Um, giving... He didn't have a match on that card, so he's, he's he, gets a, he gets a spot in the card. Technically, sadly, he's never had a match at WrestleMania other than WrestleMania 18 Hardcore. The Hardcore title stuff. Um, Technically, that's... You might be right. I mean... Well, let's just rattle. Let's, it off let's here. be technical. Yeah. So, so he had the hardcore. So he had te- what? Technically two matches. He won the title. He lost the title. Yep. So he had technically and two those, matches those, at WrestleMania the, 18. And the hardcore title match. Yep. Um, and then WrestleMania 19, he wasn't on the card. WrestleMania 20, he wasn't on the card. He was in that. He was involved. He was in, in the, the, the backstage, the backstage segment, with segment with the Rock. WrestleMania 21, he was in the Battle Royal, I believe the pre-show interpromotional Battle Royal. Yep. Where they all wore their colored T-shirts yep. and shit. WrestleMania 22, he was not on the card. WrestleMania 23, he was on the kick, the the, the pre-show kickoff show, whatever yeah. free for all. 24, he was injured. 25, he was injured. 26, 25, he was a part of like the lumberjack with the tag team match with Miz and Morrison against he was, the Colognes. He was. He was still. Yeah. He was in that. He was. He was. It was a lumberjack match. He was around the ringside area for that, I, I believe. I almost feel like he wasn't. But anyway, maybe he was not on the main know. card. Not on the main card. Yeah. Um, 26, he was still there, no, I believe. No, he was let go before that. He was that. let go before that? Okay, yeah, he so he was gone by that. So yeah, he's never, he's never had a match, at, like a, a proper match yeah. at WrestleMania. That sucks. Yeah. That's a Hall of Famer. That sucks. And I know we have like a, a, a slight personal connection to the guy, but that sucks. He's, he's one of the greatest cruiserweights of all time, and he's yeah. never had... I'm sure he's okay with it. You heard <laughs> it. Well, actually, actually, he... He once told this story in a shoot interview, and he actually relayed the story to me because I asked him about it. Um, he was supposed to be on the WrestleMania 22 card when he was the cruiserweight champion. He was going to wrestle like eight or nine other. There was going to be some sort of like cruiserweight gauntlet type of match or mm-hmm. whatever. And he was wrestling over in Australia, and Paul London went to do a leg drop in a match, and he landed ass first directly on his face, and that's oh, how yeah, he like broke his, his nose. nose. Yep. And then he had to fly from Australia all the way back to the States. Now imagine trying to fly, and it takes, what, almost 24 hours from Australia to come back to the United States? With a broken nose, with all that cabin pressure, 35,000 feet in the air. And then he shows up at TV, and they they see his face, and they're like, oh, no, you don't have to do this match. Like, you could just go home. And he said, no, everyone's going to want to see it. We'll just do it. So he did the match. And they said, oh, well, we'll have Benoit do the headbutt. And they said, no, just he'll do the cross face. My nose is already fucked up. Can't get much more worse than that. And they did it, and then they wrote him up. He told me when he was in the move, in the cross face, well, he told Benoit, because him and Benoit were buddies at the time. He said to Benoit, um, like, like, don't fucking lighten up on me. No, right? pretty much. Like, you know, do your thing. Yeah, do your deal. Don't make, make it look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And... He did it so well that he passed out. Yeah. I remember hearing that. He story. passed out. Yep. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> well, this has been a lot of fun uh, going yeah. through all these what if, what it could have, should have, urban legends of WrestleMania history. Uh, we, we we almost had an urban legend with uh, the, the, the what it could have, should have with a Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, WrestleMania title match. But um, it's uh, it's going to be Cody and Roman, WrestleMania for the championship. Uh Presumably on night two. Um, quick prediction. Just a quick one. Who walks out of WrestleMania uh, 
between Roman and Cody for the title. Yeah, I gotta go with the Tribal Chief. I'm, I'm leaning just, towards that way too. I just, um, I think it's too soon for it's too soon for Cody to win. It's too soon for Roman to lose. Um, you think the, Roman gets to a thousand days, so he's up there in that that I'm echelon not so with like Hogan to that and all whole them milestone more than it is just like the story doesn't. The stars I feel like don't align for him to be beaten by Cody right now. They would have more aligned to be beaten by Sammy, but even then it might have been too soon. I would still consider it probably too soon. I just don't think we're, the stars are aligned. Had Cody not gotten hurt last year, and he was still going yes. through this story. That's, a, that's different, yes. Okay. Yes, that, then then they could be more aligned. So because because Cody came back at Rumble, won the Rumble, and then it's kind earned of just, the opportunity. Yeah. It's, and I, and I, I do think that there is... There hasn't been a lot of pages turned on this story. There's some mileage to him not winning on the first try. Yes, exactly. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I know that a lot of these basement dwellers out there are going to be so upset. They're already upset that Sammy's not involved in the title picture to begin with, but yeah. the, the, they're going to be even more upset that Cody doesn't walk away with the victory here at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, though... I wouldn't be upset if they did give him the title. No, I wouldn't either. And here's why. It would why. be a great moment regardless. It would Absolutely. be a great moment, but here's why. He's popular, okay? Mm-hmm. He's, in my opinion, and I don't like to say he's the next of this person, but he's the next John Cena. Yeah, he's, he's the, the connection most- he has with the audience, with the kids. I was at the Royal Rumble in, in San Antonio, okay? And I, and I told you this, and I'll tell the listeners this. I can't tell you how many young kids I saw. They... I mean, WWE knows how to take a person's character and their brand and market it and, and sell it to kids. Mm-hmm. And what they did perfectly was those weight belts. Mm-hmm. Cody had taken those weight belts and he'd been giving them to the fans. It was like a, a, a throwback to when Brett used to yep. give the glasses out. And I can't tell you how many kids I saw with these weightlifting belts. Half of them probably don't even know what, what it, it's oh, really for. Oh, yeah. What it's really for in the first place. But they marketed to kids. It's it's Velcro, so it doesn't have like the 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 metal. Yeah, the buckle. The the buckle. So it's Velcro. I can't tell you how many kids I saw. I can't tell you how many adults I saw with a t-shirt mm-hmm. or a hat. Like the one thing Cody has over Cena is that he's got all demographics. He's got a universal appeal. Cena's yes. got the kids and and women to some degree. He didn't have those 18 to 49 males. Well, he did, and then... He, he did, and he lost them, yeah. and then he got them back when he left. And, yeah. and, you know. But again, in the ri- on his rise up, he doesn't have everybody. So, Cody winning Cody. at WrestleMania, it wouldn't be a bad idea. It would be a great moment, and because the audience is behind him, he hasn't really lost any steam. Um, a lot of people expected, because the Sami Zayn angle was so hot, that people were going to rebel against Cody because Cody is the machine's choice. Yeah. And I even had some reservations about that too. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, I knew it was all going to work out perfectly. No, I had my yeah, reservations. I think we all did. Absolutely. I, I had my reservations about it too. I was like, great. This dude's got an awesome story. And then these fucking asshole fans are going to fuck it up because they're not getting their way. Yeah. So, um, and it's also, a, it's a fresh matchup. I'm big on fresh matchups. It's going to be and a great match. Yeah, I think it's going to be gonna a fantastic be, match. It's going to be probably the best match of WrestleMania. I'm not going to. You I'm think gonna, it's going to be the best match in the card? Absolutely. It's, gonna, it's got a, it, there is, there is story to it. There is tangible things that we can all chew on as people. We've got two fantastic athletes, their lineages, uh, their body of work separately. Um, I would be shocked if it's not the best match. I, I you know what? It's, 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 that's not an egregious statement. The one thing I will 
criticize regarding the story is I think they've leaned a little too much on the dusty factor. Oh, I've been a huge critic of that too. I, sure. I think I think it's I it, I think it, it works in certain areas, and I think it's like the easy it's it's in some ways an easy way out for them mm-hmm. at times. You know, um, I get that there's a link between Roman and Dusty because of Roman's time training in development when Dusty was running development, um, and obviously the 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 familial link with Cody being Dusty's son and. Um, but I just don't think it's needed as much as it has been in this rivalry. Um, no, I agree with you for sure. And that's, I've, as I've said, going back to his AEW run, like I don't like kind of like when Sasha Banks would cry every two seconds about being the first woman to do, you know, to have a, a main event match in fucking Louisville, Kentucky on a March and you know, whatever, you yeah. know, like Cody's callbacks to his dad, are like encroaching on that type of like, oh please, like yeah. stop, like we know, like yeah. let's expand off this a little bit. And I think they're kind of doing that already, but at the same time, it's still there. But I remember hearing you tell me once, like, but that's who he is. That's part of his story, like yeah. legitimately. So it's not. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the fu- that's like, the the nucleus of why he's going after the championship yeah. in the first place is because his father never held that title. Which is even just the whole idea of like you know following in his father's footsteps. And carrying on his family name, like how cheesy it was in AEW. Um, I hated it in AEW, and I don't mind it as much here. And I think I the think realization AEW you knew brought, how. I don't think AEW knew how to capitalize and market and build and craft that no, story, of course not. as opposed to the way WWE can when it from, comes from an emotional standpoint. Yeah, but I also think too. Like I remember you had said to me at one point. I think right when he came back, when I was like, God, I hope his whole career back here isn't him just talking about how who his dad is and i remember i don't remember the exact way you said it but you were like but that's who he is like that's his story like that's him like you're not gonna like you can't ignore that necessarily and it kind of you know they'll open my eyes to the idea that like i don't have to be a stick in the mud about that like if that's the way if that's that's true why why be a critic of that yeah so hardly do again, is there room to maybe not lean on it so much like you said? Yes, but to sit there and say, like, gosh darn it, Cody, stop talking about your dad is probably a little too heavy on my side. I, I just don't want it to see something like let's say Cody were to win the title and then he moves on to somebody else and then they throw Talk it out about there. His dad. Yes, like exactly. I, I there's one interview that, that I can hearken back to that co that Cody had. Um I forget what podcast it was or if it was a radio station, but I just read a transcript of it recently where he's got some sort of like not a rule, but like, I guess in a way, like an unwritten rule that he has kind of directed towards other talents. If you didn't work directly with my dad, then I don't want you referencing him when you're involved oh, in I a storyline. That. that makes me. sense. Yeah. And that, I mean, I, I, I like that, that, that thought process yeah, because I do. it, it kind of takes away, it, it, it allows the opposite performer to find something different creatively to tap into when you're working with him yeah and at the same time it eliminates what i started this to begin with and that i don't want them leaning on it so much yeah. so yeah um it's it's I, I i can get behind that but anyways um so yeah i'm gonna go with roman too i think i think there's more mileage in a story if cody were to lose and come up short and then, of course, there's all that other drama surrounding the bloodline. 
Um, does Sammy play a factor into this? Uh, obviously, Jay and the other members of the bloodline. Um, I think there there will be. I don't think it will be direct involvement, but I think we'll have some indirect um, uh, participation mm-hmm. from some of those other names involved yeah. in this match. Definitely. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at that Roman over Cody, yeah. but I think Cody will get that big moment at some point. That's eventually, yeah. Um, it, it does. Sometimes it doesn't always have to be at WrestleMania. Would it be nice? But of course it would. But, um, in this case with, with his trajectory and his story and where Roman's at, I don't know if it's the right time, yeah. but, um, he's definitely the one that's going to be waving the flag when, regardless, yeah, champion or not. Yeah. When Roman decides that he wants to be even more part-time. So, I'll leave it at that. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, wrapping it up here. Thank you again for uh, for participating. We'll have to uh, do something like this again soon for another topic in the near future. Um, and thank you all for pressing play, hitting download, subscribing, and uh, playing along here on Kicking Out of Two. And I think it's about that time that we officially put this one down for the three count. We will see you all next time.